This is The Blank Space, a podcast dedicated to filling those empty airwaves with fun and interesting content. Today's segment is part of our interviewing series, a set of one-on-one talks with people of interest. Here we'll attempt to gleam knowledge or interesting views from those who have worked harder, smarter, or in interesting ways. Overall, I hope you like what we're sending out. Enjoy. So t- today here we have a little bit of a special treat. Uh, we had an interview with Patricia Jefferson Klein, who is an assemblywoman, right? Running for one. Right, running for assemblywoman. <laughs> Um, I, I guess how we're going to start this off is you know, just ask you a few questions and see where it goes from there. Right. Sounds great. Mm-hmm. So I guess a little thing that kind of helps you know, to figure out who you are is, you know, who are you, right? <laughs> yeah, everybody wants to know who is Patricia Jefferson Klein. I am an adjunct right now. My position is I'm an adjunct professor here at Rutgers University, also at Rowan University and Rowan College of Gloucester county that's who I am and what I'm doing right now but I really have great aspirations of being the assemblywoman for legislative district 4 a lot of you may not know what legislative district 4 is and that consists of Washington Township Gloucester Township Pittman Winslow Township Monroe Township Chislehurst Lindenwall, Clementon, and Laurel Springs. So I'm excited about the opportunity to service the people. And I'm excited to have a bit of an opportunity here to interview as well. <laughs> so um, before we go into all, all the more political stuff there, I think we should do a little uh, figure out you know, where exactly you came from kind of deal. Get people an idea of like how you got to where you are and maybe gleam a little bit for themselves. Well, I am a native of Philadelphia. Okay. I was raised in a little town called Chislehurst, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Chislehurst is between Atco and Hamilton. I attended Hamilton Elementary School in Edgewood Junior and Senior High School, which is located in Atco, which is in Winslow Township. I also graduated from Edgewood Regional High School and attended Drexel University with my BS degree. I came out with my BS degree, I should say, and started working for some powerful companies. Matter of fact, I would say they were probably the Fortune 10 companies, yeah. My first employer was Xerox Corporation, and after Xerox, I worked for Ford Motor Company Mm -hmm. and I also work for Dow Chemical. Oh, okay, that, that's some pretty big names right there. Yeah. So how did how did you get those opportunities? Uh, how were you in school? Were you very studious, or did when when did you start taking your education seriously? I suppose I should be should be asking. I was always, I believe, interested in knowledge. I truly believe that a lack of it uh, will defeat you. Mm-hmm. So I'm really big in knowledge. So going to junior high and high school, I really buckled down and studied a lot. I wanted to be um, knowledgeable. I wanted to excel. So I really did a lot of studying. Matter of fact, I had a counselor at 
my high school that recommended I go to an early admissions program at Drexel University. So at the age of 16, I left school in 1976, even though I should have walked in 1977. And I attended Drexel University at the age of 16 in Philadelphia. Wow, that's very impressive, very impressive. So um, I guess I should be asking uh, what sort of steps you did on the way, like did you get yourself very involved with school or was it just pure to the books kind of deal? I was really very in, involved in school. I was very active, very athletic. Mm -hmm. I played on the hockey team, the tennis team, basketball. I also participated in the band. I played the clarinet. I mean, I was really busy. So it wasn't all about the books. It was also about developing self and developing your interpersonal skills. So I don't believe that I was standoffish. I just really wanted to be educated, but I also wanted to participate and be around people. So you wanted to make sure that you were a very well-rounded person. And I was. Now, did, did any of that change when you got into university itself, or did you just keep on on that track? I played basketball for Drexel University. I also mm -hmm. played tennis. And I believe I buckled down because I had great studying habits. I really studied a lot, paid attention in class. Um, I was one of those who was very interested in excelling in my education. Okay, I got you, I got you. And were the, would you say there were any points in which you faltered in school? Oh, I'm sure there were many that I faltered in school. Maybe I should have... Uh, buckled down more and studied more, especially in my freshman year. At the age of 16, I realized I was really immature to be in college. High school, I was all right. College was a different story. But because I didn't do so great in the freshman year, it didn't stop me from excelling. I just knew I had to do better as I became a sophomore, and I did. I was able to graduate with the 3.0 in my, uh, my CUME average was a 3.0 out of four, and it didn't start off with a 3.0. So just because you don't start high doesn't mean you can't finish high. So I encourage people to keep excelling, to keep pressing, and not forget that you can do. I remember growing up, my dad always said, you couldn't, I couldn't use the word can't. It was always about you can. So I encourage people all the time that there's, you, there are things that you can do. Maybe you just have to dig a little deeper to accomplish, but you can accomplish great things. Okay. I see, notice you mentioned a little bit about your dad there. How much did family life help push you into school, keep you um, on track? My dad was not as far as education is concerned. I don't think that he had even a higher education, but he was well-read. He read a lot of books but he passed at the age at my age of 14 years of age so it really but the his passing really pushed me I remember him telling me to major in business you could never go wrong in business business will always exist Pat and that's what I did I took his advice and when I went to college I did major in business administration and uh, with a major in business administration marketing 
And then I went back. Eventually, after I worked 20-some years, I went back to get my MBA from Drexel University in marketing management. Okay, okay. I got you, I got you. Um, so would you... Hmm, trying to think of the right words here. <laughs> um, so were there any regrets you have going through school? I'm thinking about that. And regrets... Uh, no, I really can't say there aren't there are some regrets. I don't look at the past because I can't change the past. Mm-hmm. But I look at the past, and I don't allow. I should say I don't look at the past because I don't allow the past to dictate my future. Mm-hmm. And so I always tell the students: when you make a mistake, just learn from this mistake and excel. Continue to press forward. So I don't think there have been any regrets at all because I can't change them even if they were regrets. Do you feel like you have any moments where you had you had failed in the past and that kind of, that was like a moment that helped you push forward? I think that my freshman year in college. So it was the well, freshman yes. Year yeah, freshman okay. year in college I was always able to score high and I realized as a freshman it was very challenging and maybe I wasn't as prepared as I thought I was, mm-hmm. meaning I don't think that my education, uh, just comparing, let me give you a example. There were people in Drexel University that was getting what we were getting as freshmen. They also received when they were maybe in 10th grade at another school. So it wasn't hard for them. I had never seen some of that information. And so I had to try a little harder more so than they had to because this was information that they had already seen, they had already completed, maybe in the 10th or 11th grade. So I, uh, I, that's why I think I got into the education in because I wanted everyone to be on the same playing field. And I still want everyone to be on the same playing field when it comes to education. And so um, I think that's why I'm running for the political position that I'm running for as an Islamic person, to make sure that the laws are fair for everyone. That makes good sense to me. So you would definitely say that it was the, the, the lack of the school being able to prepare you that kind of made you suffer when you first entered college. Not suffer, but maybe not be on the same playing field to excel. And that's why it's been hard, I think, for a lot of students Maybe they weren't as prepared for college. And when I see them, I, I realize that everybody has a gift and everyone has potential. But maybe their gift isn't the same as other gifts. And I still feel as though um, God has given them some gifts and some talents, and we can still use those gifts and talents here um, to make a better uh, education, not only education, but a better world that we live in today. Awesome, awesome. That's, a, that's very nice. <laughs> so, um, since you are currently running as Assemblywoman, right? Correct. Uh, what are the past positions that you have held? I really, politically, I haven't held a position politically. I've run for a council position in Gloucester Township twice, and I did not win. And so, Some people would shy away from that and say, oh, I lost twice, I'm not going to run again. But I think that pushed me to say, I can, and that's why I'm running. 
for Assemblyperson because I really believe that I can make a difference, especially in South Jersey, and I want to be given the opportunity to make that happen. Okay, I got you. So I, I know that you are on the Republican ticket. Mm -hmm. So uh, what, why exactly did you pick, choose the Republican ticket? I remember one time, and let me just say that I am a Christian, and I believe in Christian principles. And I remember one time that I was challenged by someone who is a minister to look at the platforms of the D Democrat and the Republican platform. I've always been a Democrat all my life, and the reason I was a Democrat was because my mom and dad were Democrats, and I just followed. But when I was challenged to look at the platforms, I realized that I line up more so with the Republican platforms as to what they stand for as me being a Christian. And that is why I decided to run as a Republican and change my party. Okay. So it was definitely uh, the set of your Christian values that made you line up more with the Republican than the, than the Democratic side of things. Correct. Okay. Um, so why exactly are you running for a assemblywoman position instead of a freeholder position that you would run for before? Well, I ran for a council position, not freehold. Oh, okay. Sorry, but that that's all right. Um, I'm running for assembly because assembly actually make the laws of the um, state. And I really want to be involved in helping people. I realize that New Jersey... A lot of people are leaving New Jersey. We have a lot of abandoned homes in New Jersey. And the reason they're leaving, because they can't afford to live in New Jersey because of the taxes. New Jersey is number one in our country for property, the highest property taxes. And we have to make a change with our taxes. So. I'm really, uh, I've studied a lot of the issues and I really want to make a difference. And I really think that I can by creating different laws that will help all residents of New Jersey. Okay. Um, do you have like a, a, a specific law that you're looking to get passed or is there a certain project that you're, you're looking to spearhead? Is it, would it be the tax reform? Or? Well, I'm really interested in the taxes, and not just the property taxes, but the other taxes. But let's stay on the property taxes. Right now we have a 2% cap. It says we have a 2% cap. People think we have a 2% cap. We don't really have a 2% cap. Let me explain that. There is a 2% cap on the books, but there are a lot of loopholes and the loopholes allow you to go beyond 2%. For example, if your debt ratio is high, you can go beyond 2%. To me, that's unfair, which makes it possible for townships to overspend and get in debt. We need to be able to control that spending. We are spending out of control spending, I should say, and we need to stop it. So not only the debt, but people don't, do not realize that if you don't hit the 2%, you can bank the 2% that year and then turn around and have 4% next year. You can keep banking that you turn around and have 8% one year. This is unfair because people are budgeting 
And how do they know that they're going to be hit with an 8% or a 10% or a 12%? It's just wrong. We're misleading the people. It's unfair. And it's unethical. That's how I see it. It's unethical. It's just wrong. So I want to get in there and make some changes with that 2% um, cap and maybe address some of the loopholes. There's another issue that's out there, and that is the gas tax. The gas tax has increased 23 cents per gallon. We are now at 37 cents per gallon, exactly 37.5% per gallon. The national average for a gas tax is 21 cents. We are far above. We need to bring that down. We need to actually appeal that law that's been in effect. We need to um, help people be able to afford to live here in New Jersey. So you're paying more for gas, but not only are you paying more for gas, you're paying more for products, for food, mm -hmm. because it takes gas to transport mm -hmm. those items. So prices, they're passing the cost onto the consumer. We just can't afford it. And our seniors, our seniors are losing their homes. I've mentioned it before that they're losing their homes not because of their mortgages. The mortgages are paid for. But the taxes, the property taxes, they can't afford. Mm -hmm. So you're turning around and you're, you're um, a senior, you've retired, and now you can't afford to live in New Jersey? How can that be? My heart is for the people, and we need to make some changes. We need to make government, the state of New Jersey, accountable for their actions. And I would like to be a part of that team to create laws, to make changes in laws, to make it more affordable for all the residents here in New Jersey. Well, that was, that was very... I can definitely stand behind that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Anthony. <laughs> uh, I know, I know. My dad, uh, he's he's uh, he's retired at the moment, and he's been finding expenses are extremely tight, especially mm -hmm. with like healthcare increases and you know property taxes that always increase. It makes it hard for him to afford the house he's lived in, mm -hmm. well, you know, since I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I definitely understand the trouble there. Um, do you also have? besides the big issues there, do you also have a smaller issue that you would like to try to tackle? Something that's not maybe as like as important as those, but you know, something that could possibly still help the state that isn't on a bigger line? Well, um, the lower school ratings in New Jersey, we have to address the school ratings. Mm -hmm. In Gloucester Township alone, the school ratings have decreased. When I first purchased the home in Gloucester Township, I was told, and they did have outstanding schools. And I remember my realtor telling me, Patricia, you will not have problems selling the house because people like to move in areas where the school ratings are high. Now I notice that our school ratings have decreased. Our students aren't doing as well. And that's an issue that I have because I'm an educator. I teach here at Rutgers Rowan and also Rowan College. And as an educator, I want to make sure that all students are prepared to enter into a university or a community college. 
and our ratings are decreasing. And because our ratings are decreasing, the value of our homes are decreasing because people are not moving into our areas. Mm -hmm. So we have to address the low ratings of our school system. Has to be addressed. Do you think that's a lack? Of, that's because of a lack of initiative on people just willing to put themselves out there and work with students. I don't really know. I think that it has a lot to do with the Common Core curriculum that we need to address the Common Core because I truly believe we're not common. Everyone has a different DNA. Everyone is unique. So if somebody's more artsy, we shouldn't try to fit uh, fit them into a box. They were created that way, and we need to look at programs and how we can capitalize on their talents and their gifts and stop trying to make us common. We're not common. Okay. I got you. I got you. Um, now, I know another big issue that we have uh, with in the United States in general, not just New Jersey itself, is how active people are in the political system. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe one of the, the recent rates that we have in our most recent election was 60% turnout. Mm -hmm. And for local elections, it's somewhere 20% lower, around 40%. Mm -hmm. do, you, do you feel that people definitely should be more involved in local politics? Absolutely. I know a lot of people turn out for the general, the federal um, level elections. But really, they should be even more important turning out for the local elections because it has a major impact on the community. Uh, I'm hoping that people will see the importance and will really turn out on November the 7th. But right now, the issues that I think we're, we're facing, people are afraid today. They're afraid to say anything because they may be classified as a racist or they may be classified as something else uh, that they're not. And people need to understand that if one has freedom of speech, we all have freedom of speech. And I think that the freedom of speech that you have is to go to the polls and vote November the 7th. It gives you an opportunity. You're not verbally saying anything, but non-verbally you are speaking. You need to go out to the polls and vote November 7th. I think that's true for all, all elections as well. Yes. Because uh, a person, if, if, if a person doesn't vote, they essentially don't matter in the political sense. You're saying that you know, I'm not somebody that's willing to go out and have my opinion heard, which is very important with any type of political change that wants to be done. And a lot of people say, well, it didn't affect me. It doesn't affect me. It's not about you. If it affects your neighbors and their house goes on the market and sits there foreclosed, uh, abandoned for years, it affects your property value also. Mm -hmm. So don't look at it selfishly. Look at it as we are a community and we should be working together. And when it affects one, it affects us all. I have a very interesting case, actually, of non-engagement. Uh, for instance, actually, on my little sample ballot I, hear for, I have for Gloucester City, we have three positions up for election for the Board of Education, and only two people are currently running. So essentially, any person could have just signed up beforehand and would have been guaranteed a political position if they even tried. Well, they say that the education is not political. 
It should be separated. It's not. You shouldn't be tied into a party. But we know that's not true. Yeah. Okay? But that's what is said, and that's the way it really is supposed to go, is that you're not supposed to be tied in. But let me explain something to you, Anthony. I used to attend the Board of Education meetings, and I do not have any biological children. And my husband has three children. They're grown adults, and they've already gone through the school, the education system. But I'm concerned, once again, like I said, about uh, the education, the level of education out there. So I'm, I'm attending the Board of Education meetings because it makes an impact. I just gave you an example of when I purchased my home that if the education system decreases, if the what's being produced in the education in the schools today, and the ratings start to slide and come down, it's going to affect the market. It's going to affect, not only that, they say that there's a correlation between education and crime. So why would we want to be less educated and increase in crime? We shouldn't want that. We should want everyone to have an opportunity for a better education. And that's what I'm for. And I'm fighting for, even though I don't even have my own children. But I'm still at the Board of Education meetings listening to what's going on because I see it. I see it how it, it's making a negative impact on the students that attend college or want to attend college, or can't get into the college that they want to attend, or they get into the college that they want to attend, but cannot actually get a degree, they end up dropping out of the college because they're not well equipped. We have to make a difference and a change so everyone is well equipped to uh, do a great job while they're here in school. And we have to start motivating the students, not giving them aids, but motivating them to want to obtain an A. Mm -hmm. That's the key. Yeah, that's uh, definitely for sure that, you know, making sure that students have a better opportunity to get what they need out of school. Yes. And the biggest problem with that, I, I feel, is that they're not always told what opportunities are out there. They just don't know what scholarships they can apply for. Should I go for trade school instead of just college? Thank you. Because trade school is another option that a lot of people just don't think about because nobody ever tells them to. Well, a lot of the counselors, too, at the universities are afraid to tell people. But me, I teach at a community college, which I mentioned, and I teach at the university level. And I let all the students know that college isn't for everyone, but that does not mean you cannot be successful. I know a lot of individuals that have decided to go to trade school. They're plumbers, they're electricians, and they're doing extremely, extremely well. So I don't want people to think that they, they have to go to college in order to make it. No, you find your niche, you find your gift, because you're going to spend more time on the job and you want to be happy on the job. So if you find something that you really enjoy doing, guess what? It doesn't become a job. It becomes like a hobby. You enjoy doing it. So I encourage students and I encourage people to find out what is it that you enjoy doing and what do you do well and concentrate on that. And you will, I think you'll be more successful and you'll have, have a happier life. Yeah, that, that's, that's for sure. Finding up what you 
enjoy doing is definitely very helpful. Uh, they say you work one third of your life. Why, why not enjoy two thirds of it, right? Yeah, you're right. You sleep one third, why not enjoy two thirds, right? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> so uh, do you think there is any uh, advice you feel that would be good to give students for today? What, what, like if you had to tell them one thing, what would be good to tell them? I'd say believe in yourself. Have confidence in yourself. Because today, a lot of people are saying a lot of negative things, but if you truly believe in yourself, and as a Christian, I would say I believe in God. Uh, God, I look to God to guide me and direct me and direct my path as to what I should do and what I should not do. And I truly believe that I've been given uh, the okay to run for this position and I'm really happy I'm really excited of what I'm doing so I really people have to believe that they can instead of saying they can't and the only way that you can is that you have to be prepared and every class that I teach I always say preparation is the key to success and it is and what would you say somebody that's looking to get informed or involved in politics? What would you tell them? Do your homework. Do your homework. A lot of people, uh, and I, like I said, I used to be a Democrat, and a lot of people go to the polls and they only vote Democrat. And the reason they only vote Democrat is because they haven't done their homework. You should be voting for the person, not the party. Mm -hmm. And so I highly recommend that people do their homework and see how you can make a difference. And if if God is directing you to go a certain way, believe. Believe that you can versus you can't. And politics is it, it's not the easiest thing. It's very challenging. But you have to be up to for it. And to be honest with you, I do a lot of research. Um, I've studied a lot on the different candidates because, like I said, I vote candidates not parties and we need bipartisan we need a mixture of things because when you have a mixture of uh, political parties working together first of all you have diversity you have accountability because not one party is ruling you have accountability and that's what we need and we have transparency and I think that when you're accountable, when people hold you accountable for the decisions that you make and the things that you do or the laws that you create, you will create better laws for the people. But if you're allowed to do whatever you want to do, now there's a problem. And I think that's what has happened to the state of New Jersey. It is uh, most of run by Democrats and there's no accountability. They just spend and spend and spend. And whose money? Our money. So you're, uh, I'm just trying to clarify here. You're not against the Democratic Party itself. You're just again against the lack of diversity within the state. Absolutely. I'm not against, because we have some great Democrats that are out there, positioned out there. But we also have some um, great Republicans that are out there. We like need to see more great Republicans in positions to make it more accountable, to balance it. Bipartisan is very important, and we don't have that there here in New Jersey. 
And I would highly recommend that anyone and everyone, everyone should be going to the polls that's registered. And hopefully there are many people that are registered to vote November the 7th. I hope they've done their homework and they just didn't vote party line. Now, a lot of people have asked me, uh, Patricia, why don't you have a party on your literature? And I say, because if I had a particular party, a lot of people wouldn't even read the literature. I want people to be informed. Yes, I'm running on the Republican ticket, but I have something that's very important for all to hear. Forget a party, listen to the person's heart. Very important. Thank you, well thank you very much. Thank you, Anthony. I just have uh, one little follow-up question here, and, and that's it. Uh, is there anything you feel you haven't been able to convey or like to say to our listeners, a personal message you would like to have out there? Well, I've been saying all along is to do your homework, Go out and vote. You have a right to vote. People worked very, very hard. People died for you to have the right to vote, and you need to go out there and vote. Make sure you do your homework before you go out. Uh, research the individual's. Find out the individual's heart and make sure that you, write, you vote the right person that would do something for your community. And I, think, I really think that I am the right candidate. Patricia Jefferson Klein. Follow me and my running mate, Eduardo Maldonado. We have a site out there, and it's called Legislative 4, the Legislative 4, uh, 4LD4. And make sure you research us. Also, my personal, Patricia Jefferson Klein. I have a lot of postings on Facebook. And we'd like for you to find out uh, about us, to know our hearts, and do your research for both the Republican, the Democrat, and the Independents. What do they believe, and which one do you line up with? That's what I want to say. Thank you very much. I thank you very much for this interview, and it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Anthony. Mm -hmm. I have always believed that no matter the person, you can always learn a little bit from them hope you got a little something out of this and enjoyed listening to it as much as I enjoyed making it. If you really like the interview, feel free to follow us on Facebook, SoundCloud, or whatever podcast app you use. Always feel free to come back to The Blank Space, where we always fill it in with something. <laughs> Have a nice one.